Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris. We're down here on the beautiful, gorgeous, uh, uh, pissing rain Bondi Beach. I'm as wet as a shag. And, uh, well, it's a good day for a podcast, so I thought I'd just kick one out and uh, see where we go. But it's very rare that I ever start a podcast without a topic. And today I don't have any idea what we're going to talk about, except for the fact that Christmas is coming. I just had a birthday, went away for the weekend. Uh, didn't work for 24 hours, which drove me nuts in a sense, but had a beautiful, happy, fun uh, celebration uh, with my partner. So, yep, it was a great birthday, and thank you all for your well wishes. I, uh, you know, you, you, as, as you get older, you, you, you kind of like wish the birthdays, in a sense, would go away, but uh, I, I, I would actually admit, and Lotte would agree, that I'm fitter this year at the age of 68 than I was last year at the age of 67 and I'm fitter than two years ago when uh, uh, I told her we were were sitting at the dinner table (coughs) having my birthday and uh, (coughs) my brother rang and said I can't remember the actual day but it said happy 65th and I go no 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 mate it's my I'm 63 today and we had 63 written on the cake and we had everything perfectly 63 all over the wall. And he said, no, no, you're 65. And uh, my beautiful wife had married a man two years older than what he'd said. Uh, and it was an honest, innocent, incredible mistake. Uh, given that I'd been single for a while, I hadn't even thought about how old I was, nor had I celebrated birthdays. So that's just rather, rather a notorious story. And Lottie continues to tell it. Uh, in some circles not proudly because one of the things when we met was the difference in our ages with her parents and of course when they uh, heard that I was only just a you know few years over 60 was all okay but suddenly I leapt into the future (laughs) and aged in one foul birthday so it's a beautiful morning Uh, the rain is coming now it's quite heavy uh, working uh, with people for the last 12 months has given me a really big insight and that is the insight is the difference between leadership and management and I think we all need to just think about this really carefully. Leadership is what a coach or a consultant or a, uh, or a philosopher or a doctor or a lawyer can do. Leadership is to tell you ah uh, about the best advice for the future. So let's just leave that sitting there for the minute and talk about management. Management is when someone tells you what to implement. And uh, the definition of a good manager is the person who implements what they're told fastest. So let's say uh, I coach you and I say, as a leader, I would suggest, because I'm your coach and you're paying me, and you wouldn't take advice from anyone you didn't pay, that's definite. So I'm your leader, I'm going to suggest to you that you get up and exercise at 6 a.m. That's leadership. Management is doing it. Implementation. And the question is, are you a good manager or are you a bad manager? So now we've got the question, what is the definition of a good or a bad manager? And a good manager is one who implements what a leader has recommended fastest. So the person who can implement plan B the fastest is the best manager. 
And plan B is always what a leader is trying to work out as they strategize their way through their businesses. So we are all leaders and managers. We lead uh, because we set our strategic direction and you would be the person who would invite a coach or a consultant to come into your world and give you the necessary advice to stay on path and achieve what you want. Then you become the manager because you are the one to implement those things. And the question is how quickly can you implement what the consultant or the coach or the doctor or whoever it is has recommended. And fast implementation doesn't necessarily mean rushed. Fast implementation means to instantaneously implement. Healing is the instant recognition that crisis is a blessing. And I think leadership is the instant recognition that crisis is a blessing. And I think good management is the instantaneous recognition that crisis is a blessing. There are three things that go into good leadership. Let's talk about the three. Three things. One, the belief of the individual in their, in, in their strategy. In other words, self-belief. Without self-belief, leadership's a joke. So you can't be a consultant or a coach or a good leader in a business if you don't believe that you are a leader or a coach or a good uh, um, uh, uh, leader in a business. You, you must have self-belief. And that self-belief usually comes from academic and, and tested and tried strategies that you've put in place and seen work. So experience plays a huge component in self-belief. It's not a doctored, imagined, pretended thing. It is a real thing. And so self-belief, although uh, we have to be careful with self-belief because <clears throat> there are, in our lives, a mix of the things that go well and the things that don't go well. And therefore, there are, there are incidents that prove that we are, shouldn't believe in ourselves, and there are incidents that prove that we should. The ability to develop self-belief is, the, the, is a really important capacity. And what we do is we recognize that we grow at the border of support and challenge, order and chaos, and that there will always be both. And when there's always both support and challenge, order and chaos, we get a choice to see the balance and focus on the good news or see the balance and focus on the bad news. Now, uh, 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 emotional people don't see balance. They either see good news and therefore think that that's what they're looking at, or bad news, and that's what they're looking at. Looking at. So they see good or bad. And But a wise person, a good leader, sees good and bad. So, uh, so to be a great leader, to have self-belief is step one. Step one is you've got to see that both you will be both supported and challenged, do good and bad, and to focus on the good news because that will develop self-belief. So that's step one. Step two is the client has to believe that you are capable of leading them, which is, in other words, if you're a doctor, the person has to believe in that you are a good doctor. Uh, if you're a lawyer, the person has to believe you're a good lawyer. Now, now, creating brand around goodness, around whether you're a good or a bad or a competent or incompetent uh, leader, is really a, a key uh, a piece of work and people are not good at this branding, self-branding. And But I, I personally would think there's very few things more important in life than the ability to self-brand, the ability to, to create a perception that we are capable as parents or as partners or as whatever 
that we are capable of doing what we say. So this is the belief in of others in us rather than us uh, in ourselves. So we've got self-belief and now we've separated into the other person's belief. And the other person's belief is again a, a process of uh, developing a marketing and a branding, a personal website, a personal LinkedIn account that really shows that we are um, capable of delivering at a highest possible level. Now in Tibet, where I've spent a lot of time in Nepal, um, the doctor always wears a uniform. The doctor always wears uh, the Tibetan robes. The doctor always uh, has uh, uh, um, some uh, pictures of the Dalai Lama up on the wall or whatever it is, or meditation. And the reason they do this is to legitimize or authenticate their leadership quality as a doctor. And the local people won't believe that this person is able to be a doctor unless they have some of the uh, paraphernalia of the metaphysics of healing. And so this part of being a doctor or part of being self-branded, this uniform, so to speak, this tie or shirt or this blouse or whatever we wear, and having that as a constant in our lives, having that uniform being a constant, uh, not reminded just to ourselves, not, it's not about our own comfort. It's actually creating in a, the perception in others that we are uh, capable of delivering what we do. My sister was one of the top barristers in the world and my sister was renowned for changing her hair colour every single day and, and I, I guess that's an exaggeration. But my sister was a very flamboyant person and the flamboyance of her character was the thing that people really believed was the difference between going to jail and not going to jail because she was able to plead a case really strongly on in a court and, and it was an incredible reflection of her genius that she would create this brand that was uh, what it, some people would refer to as out there, but it wasn't. It was absolutely on target for a very flamboyant and very, very, very uh, clever um, uh, individual who could argue cases in court. So that's the two things. The third element of great leadership is the medicine. Now, in... Tibetan sense, you can understand that uh, you, they just don't go and pluck a, a, a leaf off a tree and stick it under your nose and say, smell this, you'll get better. What they do is they grind these leaves in an environment that is very um, uh, so-called spiritual. They will take the ground powder and make it into little balls about the size of uh, sheep poop, and they actually smell like sheep poo a bit too, and then they will lace it with incense by smoking incense all around it and chant over the top of it with uh, maybe even a hundred monks in a meditation retreat and chant over the top of the medicine for quite a long period of time and bless the medicine with a, a sacredness. Now, of course, we go into a shop to the pharmacy. We don't give a shit whether it's uh, off-brand we don't care whether it's the real brand. We don't care who made it. We don't care where it comes from. We go into a health food shop. Because it's in a health food shop, we think it's healthy. We, we buy pills that have got vitamins in them, but we don't know the roots and the source and the energy of the vitamin pills. We don't give a shit. And that's really sad because the third element of healing, the third element of leadership, which is the same topic, by the way, the third element of leadership is the medicine. And... 
when it comes to, for example, implementing strategy in a business or implementing strategy in a coaching, the medicine must be aligned in, in some sense with the outcome. So the first step in de defining medicine is the diagnosis, what, what's wrong. The second step is to prescribe the right medicine. And the third step in that is to, uh, to uh, respect the origin and the roots and the source of the medicine. I use nature. I basically say that nature is, is the medicine. That nature, if I follow nature's law, if I introduce nature's balance, if I introduce nature's laws and nature into your life, that whatever uh, is, 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 is needs to be healed will get healed and whatever wherever you want to go will be got will be taken because the medicine i use is is the great the most sacred on earth the same more sacred than any temple it's blessed by the universe it's blessed by all human existence since time began it's blessed by the animals and therefore the medicine i use is very rarely a pill it's very rarely anything philosophical it's basically get out like i am now in the wind in the rain and respect nature's law, then bring it to life, bring it to work, bring it to your family, bring it to your relationship. And if there is a contradiction between your relationship and nature, err towards nature because it will guide your relationship back on track. So there's the three elements of great leadership, uh, uh, self-belief, other belief, which is branding, and the medicine, both believing in the medicine, the, the patient and the, and the, uh, the leader. So that's the, that's the definition of great leadership. The definition of great management is the speed at which you can implement what a leader has recommended or advised you. And therefore, there's a degree of humility involved in being a manager because you say, okay, I, I am being managed here and I'm being told what to do. How quickly can I implement and how sustainably can I implement? Because fast implementation doesn't necessarily mean haphazard random throw it throw time at it make it look like you're doing it and then five minutes later uh forget that you're even involved in it there's an app that i downloaded which is spectacular for uh for, for um uh what do you call it um for habit measurement and now i can't find it on my phone so i'll have to mention it in another podcast because it seems to have gone into one of the little slots I'm looking here as I talk, trying to pretend that I'm not uh, distracted by looking on my phone for a little orange app, and I think it's not there, and it's not there. Where the bloody hell do these apps hide when you get them on your phone? Anyway, it's hidden itself. It's found a box to put itself in and has decided to no, take no further part in today's conversation anyway yeah that's weird Bummer. okay i have to mention it on another app or even on a podcast uh, another on my blog no idea what the name of that thing is so i'm not being distracted i'm doing something for you try and give you anyway it's a great app and uh <laughs> and it, it it's habit it's a habit-forming app, and it sends you little reminders. Uh, one of mine every day is don't slouch. And I get this about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know about 2 o'clock I can start to slouch over the computer or slouch over lunch or whatever, and I just get a little reminder on my phone, don't slouch, 
which is all good fun. So with all this said and uh, a beautiful rain coming down, I'm soaked to the bone. I think it's time to go inside and warm up in a hot, nice hot shower. So with uh, lots of love and wisdom for your day ahead, uh, this is Chris. Have a great day. Bye for now.